the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show, a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the social distancing capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here. On your Tuesday evening, if you want to jump in on the night, this is the night Corona has taken full control. You want to get in on the phones or the email, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, he is a longtime friend of the show. He is a show legend. I might even say that as we reintroduce him here in about 12 minutes from now. He is the marketing director for Traeger Grills. Pitmaster for a then Whiskey Bent Barbecue team, now owner of Whiskey Bent Barbecue Supply, amongst many other titles and hats and responsibilities. Without any further talking, we will refire with Chad Ward. It's been well over a year at least since Chad Lee Von Ward has strolled back into the Barbecue Central Show jungle, but we are happy to have him. Remind him of what a real talk show that broadcasts globally sounds like, looks like, and acts like. Not like the JV Dan Patrick show that he's used to hanging out on. We step it up here. We're not FCC regulated, and we are straight fire when it comes to the barbecue and grilling talk. And quite frankly, there's way more barbecue and grilling talk than there is sports talk right now. So this is the premier spot to go for that. Undoubtedly, unquestionably, the leader of the live fire barbecue and grilling talk right here on this show. We got him for the first hour, believe it or not. Very busy guy, but of course, like most folks, things have changed as far as the travel goes. So I have him locked down right now, and we'll take full advantage of Chad Ward in the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour, and we will find perhaps a pair, at least one of the co-founders, writers of something called the Smoke Sheet. I talk about it here each and every week right towards the end of the show. For sure, we have Sean Ludwig, NYC BBQ on the Instas. We may or may not have Ryan Cooper, a.k.a. Barbecue Tourist, on the Instas. Depends how Ryan is feeling. We'll get into that a little bit more as it dictates. But undoubtedly, Sean Ludwig, the smoke sheet, is locked down. 
for the 14 past second hour. And then we will go to the bullpen and close it out with longtime sponsor of the show, one of the premier pitmasters over the last 10 years. He is a American Royal World Champion. Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers closes it out. And while we may touch from a very high level on the competition stuff, much different tonight. We're going to be talking a lot about business. We're going to be talking a lot about music. We're going to be talking a lot about cooking for yourself. Aside from the competition stuff that everybody knows Sterling from, he's also a very prolific restaurant cook. He's also a very prolific home cook. So we'll be talking a lot about that because, hey, we're all kind of trapped in that situation right now where we're not really going out as much as we used to. Maybe we're picking some things up to take back home, but a lot of us are going through the refrigerators, the freezers, and you know what I have found to be a great learning lesson over these past couple weeks is our food waste is almost zero, and we are pounding through the cabinets and freezers and refrigerators and making sure nothing is going to waste because, quite frankly, nobody wants to get outside and go to the freaking grocery store Because unless I'm missing something, the majority of the general public thinks this is all bullshit. And they're just going to go on their merry way and be within six feet of each other in groups. It doesn't matter. I'm seeing it across the age groups. It's frightening. I don't want to be caught up in it. I have transitioned to home unless absolutely necessary. And I sure as hell don't want to go to the grocery store unless it's absolutely necessary And picking up is days and days away, but we're making do. So that's what we have going on this show. Chad Ward, first hour. Sean Ludwig, perhaps Ryan Cooper, 14 past the second hour. Sterling Ball to close out the show. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. If you want to get at me from there. Uh, Follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook, where there's also a live video feed. As I review emails from last week, and might I remind you what a tizzy we had in the second hour. Uh, oh, Oh, by the way, I totally forgot. Top of the second hour, we will have the Barbecue Central Show's American Idol reveal portion. We'll load in the expert judges. We'll play some snippets of the songs uh, song that four of us gave our hand at last week. We will tell you who the three singers are moving to April, and we will tell you who was eliminated through the week-long vote. And uh, we got a, a, a better turnout than I thought. I always hope for more. I hope thousands upon thousands. That wasn't the case, but it was definitely towards 100, which I'll take. And there was a runaway winner. The middle was a little murky. Actually, the middle was uh, more of the runaway by itself, and then the bottom was a little bit more uh, closely contended. So we will announce at the top of the second hour who makes it into the April rendition of American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition. There you go. Now, to that end, emails flying in over the past week Here's just a sampling of the singing feedback emails. Mike in Pennsylvania wrote, One bad singer is bad. Four bad singers is murder on my ears. Please stop. (laughs) Mike, was it that bad? It wasn't all bad. Timmy in Missouri. Timmy? 
Timmy, I hope you're 15 still, because if you're 18 and you're still going by Timmy, that's weird. Timmy in Missouri writes, Doug was great. Greg was produced, and the other two were forgettable. The bit, however, is genius. Keep singing. Thank you, Tim. Chuck from South Carolina. John was the best. Ricer close second. Sorry, Greg and Doug. I would vote both of you off right now if I could. Damn, Chuck. I thought at at worst we were all close. Not according to Chuck. Everybody's got an opinion. That's fine. Andy in Indiana. Greg, all of Thin Lizzy just rolled over in their graves. <laughs> wow. Andy, I'm no Thin Lizzy super fan. But I think all of the members, aside from Phil Linet, are actually living. So there can only be really one rolling member in their grave. That would be Phil, of course. But thanks for listening anyway, dummy. Bill in Florida, forget the singers, if that's what you call yourselves. Greg, your daughters are stealing the show. More of them isn't a bad thing. That's why they'll be back at the top of the second hour. As we re-pick their brains on what their thoughts were. Remember, America voted. The judges did not vote. We could have made it like some of those other game shows where the judges get to vote one last. or There was no tiebreaker. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Also, there was this. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. All right. Now I have to... Oh, my God. I'm never going to find this. Oh, dear. Well, if you didn't see it, earlier there was a announcement made by Pit Barrel Cooker. as a little news update, if you will. Just released through press release that the Glanvilles, not Pit Barrel Cooker. Now, they own Pit Barrel Cooker, but there's a separate company. But the Glanvilles, Noah and Amber, the Glanvilles, have acquired... Barrel House Cookers. How about that? Now, I'm sure there's a a much wider story. The press release was pretty high level. So I'm working on getting Noah in for a bonus content because we're jammed up on the show here over the next handful of weeks, and I don't want want to lose it on my radar. But Pitt... I'm sorry, but the Glanvilles have acquired... Barrel House Cooker. Interesting story. little late breaking news. We're going to get to Chad Ward coming up out of this break. But first, I'll talk to you about Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. That's right. Two different lines to choose from. The choice line that started it all. If you want to save a couple bucks, you're not going to sacrifice space. A little bit of build quality, a little bit of tech. Not Wi-Fi capable on the choice line, but that doesn't matter to you. It really doesn't matter to me. Good space. The Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone accommodate the pizza oven that I talk about. Now, if you want to spend a couple extra bucks, a little bit of a sturdier chassis, more robust. You get the Wi-Fi along with the Prime line. You also get peek-in windows on the cooking chamber and the pellet hopper. Two internal meat probes for your liking. It has the 12-volt direct power technology that was originally sourced out on the Davy Crockett. That's the mobile version or tailgate version. So if you want to take it to 
I don't even know where the hell you can take it anymore. If you want to take it out in the backyard, legally, you can do it. Hook it up to a battery. It comes with the little clamps, so you can hook it up to a battery and run it that way. You can run it through power. doesn't matter, but that's where the 12-volt technology originally came from. And they're selling through dealers, so they teach their dealers. The dealers teach you, the end user. You have a successful time with the product when you get it home because you're fully educated on how it runs and operates, so you're ready to go. GreenMountainGrills.com is the website. They have a bunch of different accessories to choose from. They have pellets also. Check them out, why don't you? GreenMountainGrills.com. The Heat Exchange on the west side of Cleveland is my local dealer. So if you're around the greater Cleveland area looking for a Green Mountain Grill dealer, Heat Exchange out there on the west side. The Rain Road, I think it is. Chad Ward from Traeger coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. All right, joining me now, a man who really needs no introduction, director of marketing for the barbecue division for Traeger Grills, a competitive barbecue cook, the owner of Whiskey Bent Barbecue Supply. Here to talk about all of that. But more importantly, rejoining the show after a long furlough, Chad Ward. Chadley, what up? Hey, what's up, Greg? Good to be back, buddy. I'm so excited to have you back in the fold here, back in the Barbecue Central Show jungle. Plenty of stuff to talk about here. Um, man, I'm trying to figure out where we want to run. Uh, first things first, a couple weeks ago, and I'd had a couple interviews here over the last couple weeks as it drew to a close rather abruptly was the 2020 HPBA. It was down in New Orleans this year. Uh, I remember going when it was in its second year in Atlanta, the year that the uh, Timberline was being introduced, actually. And uh, that mm-hmm. was the last time I went to one of those. And then I think it went to, I don't know if it went to Dallas or something like that the year after that. But then it has uh, been in New Orleans, at least for this year. Maybe it's uh, been on its second year. Did Traeger attend that, or is that... Not your alley. We we didn't have that one on the schedule for this year, um, so it really didn't impact us too much. We got to where we really invest a lot in the the A shows and and some of those instead of the the more industry type ones. So, what isn't attractive about that kind of a show versus something that you find a little bit more worthwhile? We we had just seen the attendance drop a bit, and for us actually, since we have a lot of direct sales as far as sales territory techs and, and territory managers, 
we get to see our dealers a lot. So it was just one more show where we weren't seeing a lot of dealer participation. Um, I just thought we'd put those funds somewhere else. Now you look at it uh, rolling in advance. So there were uh, Traeger doesn't show. I, I believe there were three or four other of, uh, I guess what you would call a premier line uh, that ends up pulling out either uh, right before the show starts or a little bit more in advance like you guys did. But that show ends pretty abruptly. I believe uh, Saturday at noon they were shooing everybody home because of the coronavirus that was making its way through the country. As this thing started to, to take over and as we kind of transitioned a little bit into the COVID-19, was this on your radar like weeks in advance? I mean, I know you do a tremendous amount of traveling or were you pretty much up to speed where the rest of us were? Uh, right, kind of right there with everybody else. We had a really big um, ambassador event planned at Traeger for headquarters um, on the 19th. And so we kind of pulled the plug on that maybe about a week out, a uh, week to 10 days out. So that for us was a big one, but I kind of learned about it with everybody else. And um, I think I was booked up to travel the next three weeks straight. And now I'm here. So is that the, um, is that been a good break? Is that the executive direction from Traeger right now is for you guys that are typically travelers or road warriors to just hang it up at home at the moment and, and work remotely? Yes. Yeah, so we, we shut our office down. Everybody's working remote uh, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, no travel notice as far as um, if you want to travel, it's got to be CEO approved. And so I don't see that happening. Um, so yeah, they've taken it really, really serious and, and uh, you know, it's good to work for a company that, that's, that's taken it, you know, that, that well. So pull the corporate side out and Chad Ward can talk now. What's your take on this whole thing? Do you think that a lot of people are taking this not as seriously as it needs to be or, or at least what is, what's the temperature where you're at? Well, Florida, it's just frigid. You know, we, we, I, I would say we're one of the worst states to respond to it. I mean, we had a guy Sunday that had 600 people come to his mega church. You know what I mean? So, uh, he was, he was arrested, which was great. Um, but for me, I think, you know, I really wasn't that worried about it until I was watched, uh, podcast that Rogan did with, uh, one of the ex, uh, um, infectious disease experts. And that kind of scared me. Um, so I, I've tried to stick to the rules. You know I mean? I'll still go out and get groceries if I have to or whatever, but definitely trying to, uh, flatten the curve, if you will, in my opinion. I've had a number of discussions with some people that are restaurateurs or in the food business in some peripheral way. They're obviously being affected to a great amount. Is Traeger being affected to a large degree or, or how are you able, uh, if at all possible, are, are you able to uh, shield that from taking effect? Well, what we've seen is, um, you know, we're, we're still having really good numbers. Um, and pellet sales are through the roof, obviously, because people are wanting to cook, wanting to do that kind of thing. So good pellet sales, uh, accessories, rubs, that kind of stuff. You know, I think people are equipping so they can cook and enjoy it at home. And then I'm seeing kind of the same thing on my end from, uh, you know, being a retailer myself. Yeah. So I was going to ask you uh, outside of Traeger, you also, and have owned Whiskey Bend Barbecue Supply. Are you open for business from an online surface or is the brick and mortar uh, an essential service and you guys are able to, you know, stick one person in there and let some people come in and shop? Yeah. So we're, we're open in the brick and mortar also. And that's exactly what we've been doing. We have one person work and then people can come in and, and do their thing. And that's, that's up 
probably about 20, 25% year over year um, right now. And then online has been super crazy. Um, you know, almost like triple digit growth in the amount of rubs wow. that we've moved uh, through this um, compared to last year. So is that rubs in general or your specific rubs? Our, our specific whiskey bit rubs, yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it is it safe for you to have the retail portion open? Are they able to control how many people are coming in or is it not a situation where you're having 30 or 40 people come in to grab barbecue related stuff? You really don't. If you ever look at kind of our customer traffic, it, it, it really, it, it's, you don't, unless you're doing on like a weekend um, during the summer or something like that, where you, you could end up having 20, 30 people in there at the same time. We, we don't run too much of an issue of social distancing. So um, it's, it just worked pretty smooth. I think once we had a couple of people kind of come in at the same time and they just asked them to you know stand back for a second, everybody's fine. Chad Ward joining me here on the show, uh, the pitmaster of Whiskey Bed Barbecue, also uh, director of marketing for Traeger Grills, TraegerGrills.com, the website, of course. You had mentioned the whiskey bent rubs, and I know this is something that you had brought out, and it's not like it was 10 years ago or 12 years ago when the barbecue rub market was a little less populated and it was a lot easier to stand out, especially if you had a good product. It's pretty popular now. A lot of people have rubs coming out, so do you find the success... Certainly, you have great rubs, you've had success, blah, 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 I get all that. But do you find it surprising that you have had as much sex, uh, <laughs> with as much sex as you've had, Have you uh, with as much success as you've had with the rubs? Um, you know, it's, it's pretty humbling. And, and I, I think the one thing that's so different now than 10, 12 years ago with the rub, and the rub game is um, social media. I mean, you put a good product out there, you get it in people's hands. And then they end up being your best salespeople, you know, word of mouth still so powerful, but just social media makes that, you know, your, your mouth so much more extendable as, as far as sharing the word. So um, for us, we just kind of stayed on top of it, uh, really paid attention to the quality. We've got a great co-packer we work with down here. That's, you know, only about 45 minutes away. And, um, and just, you know, we've got six in the line now. We'll probably roll another one or two out this year. Um, and it's just a lot of fun, man. And it's all the stuff that, I used, you know, when I was competing pretty heavily and had really good results with. When you're dealing with a co-packer, was that in the beginning? Did you roll with the same one that you're rolling with now, or have you had some changes over time? No, this is the same one. So actually, a really cool story. Um, we were doing an event at the store, and um, Greg came up. That's the, that's my co-packer, Greg Watkins. And Greg brought me a, a, prize, a present, and I opened it up and it was some rubs. And he said, dude, he said, remember we started working on these. He's like, I think we're pretty close. If you could give me, you know, a couple of weeks with you, we can get this thing figured out, I think. And uh, sure enough, that's kind of how it kicked off. So we've um, been over there with uh, Sauceology and St. Pete the whole time and uh, hope we continue to wait on the line with them. Chad Ward joining me here on the show. Cooking wise, because a lot of people are inside more than they have been in recent memory. Are you getting hit up all the time on social media now or if people will see you out and saying, hey, what should I make for dinner tonight or what are you making for dinner tonight? What tips do you have? Yeah, so you'll get a lot of – I get a lot of direct messages that people are like, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, you got any ideas of what I could cook? You know, this and that. I think, you know, this is a time where if you want want to get into, you know, some bigger cuts, beef ribs, brisket, you got the whole family there. Um, and, and it's not like you've got a time constraint, so you can really, 
you know, work on it and then obviously put that vacuum pack and eat on it for a couple of days, whatever you want to do. Um, but I do think, you know, brisket's a fun one to cook. And then obviously you're trying to feed, you know, as many people as you can for a, you know, relatively modest budget. Do you foresee resuming normal business activities within the next couple months or, or how does, uh, what is your edict to the barbecue supply store? And then what is Traeger's edict down to you guys? So for me on the, on the barbecue supply store, I, we, if we were to go into the shutdown here, we are labeled an essential business cause we're in the, the food business. So I think we would just play that by year and it'd be really more focused on uh, what my employees thought about it and their health. Um, so I, I would, you know, I'm really kind of hoping for me personally, we kind of see the start to turn in June. Um, you know, at the latest, that's, that's my personal opinion. Cause I just worry about it from a global economic impact across our whole economy. Um, and then as far as Traeger, they've told us to tentatively not plan to travel through the end of June, but obviously that's got air quotes around it, depending on, you know, what we learn and how this thing progresses. How big of a culture shock is this for you? I mean, I know you are used to running it hard, hard, hard. So to be grounded right now has to be some kind of change. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big change. I, um, I, it's been different for me. I was, I was looking back. I think this is the first time I've been home three weeks straight in over a decade. Um, so even going all the way back to my software business days. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's really been a shock. It was really, a. I would say I was, I was in a bit of a funk probably until kind of this Monday. And I was like, you know what, man, we're going to have this thing for a while. Yeah. It's altered all of our lives. Yeah. It sucks, but you know, no reason to be in a, in a crappy shitty mood about it, you know, snap out of it and, and go start doing some productive stuff. So I got a couple of things I'm interested in doing. I got some uh, projects around the house and then obviously we're still con- continuing to work virtually uh, from our, from our home. So um going to make the best out of it, man. Do I hear a reprise of the Whiskey Bent Barbecue radio show? Do I hear that? You, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it. And then, um, you know, just for the heck of it, to keep my sanity. And then um, I think also um, I just ordered a bunch of equipment. I'm going to really start uh, working on my YouTube channel as far as getting some videos up and things like that. Do you think that we're going to see – let me talk to the marketer of, uh, of the person here – do you think that we're going to see an onslaught of podcasts and YouTube channel stuff, and then in two or three months, it's going to nosedive like the Hindenburg because everybody might be back to normal? I, I think it will. That's why kind of my thought process is, uh, at least on the YouTube video side, is to, to bank a lot of content so that you can have a once a week or twice a, twice a week release. Um, but I think that will happen. I think people get bored. People pick up new things. And then life will get back to normal and people are going to kind of throw those uh, Rona, Rona hobbies away. Uh, let's talk pellet cookers. Traeger continues to be the biggest name in the pellet cooker market by far. Just high level right now. At the turn of the year, many live fire experts and myself said that 2020 was going to be the year that the term pellet cooker made its way into the lexicon of every home. It would be recognized. People would talk about it like gas or charcoal. How do you see that? Um. Yeah. I mean, I, we we in our research we see every year where we're getting more and more brand awareness. Um. I, I think it continues to happen this year. Um. Because it's, it's interesting when you know haven't haven't been around pellet cookers for a while. Um. People are just so much more knowledgeable about them now, as far as the general public. 
Um, so I think we're going to continue to see that trend. I'm going to tell you, I mean, for the industry, it's obviously the biggest growth area. Um, and, and the thing is, when you look at the research that, that, that we've done, I mean, you're talking about there's, all, there's not even a pellet grill in 1% of backyards. So the growth opportunity is ridiculously big. So the, the follow-up question is, how do you get into 5%? Let's not even talk 25 or 30%. Let's talk about 5%. If it's 1% of all, how do you continue to get through to that market? Well, well for, for us, it's, we've always been big on uh, you know, digital marketing. Um, so that's, that's kind of one of the areas we'll continue to, to look at. Um, and then also we try to find these, um, these groups where it just makes sense. Like um, we've done really great, well with like the CrossFit community and the fitness community. And so we try to find those people, those lifestyles where we can, you know, introduce them to the product and then let them go out there and, and share it with, uh, we'll share it with others. Why does it make sense for the CrossFit community, for instance? Like why, why do they pick um, it? So they, they like it because they do a lot of meal prep and it kind of seems like the, the pro 780 that they like that they're eating clean, they're, you know, natural wood fire. Um, and they're just pretty, they're easy to operate. So they love being able to go out there and throw, you know, 20 pounds of chicken breast on it and, and, and one shot and be done with it and have something tasty throughout the week. So it's more for flavor. I mean, obviously cooking with pure wood yeah. ain't making anybody skinny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. Um, so there are plenty of options as we've talked about. I think the last number I heard, you could probably correct me if this is incorrect, but like 24 different pellet makers out there on the market currently. Does that seem about right? Um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, that's that's about right. All right, so let's talk about the entrance by Weber uh, physically earlier this year, and I'm sure like everyone, Traeger sees the hype coming. It was like end of October, beginning of November of 2019. The year turns, they start shipping, and then depending on who you ask, the Weber product is the best thing ever or the Weber product is the <laughs> worst thing ever. From a company perspective, as, as a guy who deals with pellet cookers day in and day out, you are the leader in the industry right now. You have a marketing background working with you. How did you see Weber coming into the market, and were you surprised with what they pushed out? Um, yeah, I was. I mean, I, I full disclosure, I haven't cooked on one. I've seen them at retailers and and, and looked at them. And, and for me, the the big part that I was concerned about just being around pellet grills and understanding grease fires and drip trays and you know why why we build things the way we build them. Um, I was really surprised at the grease collection system and the flavorizer bars. I mean, to me, that was just like, wow, you're you maybe asking for a, a whole lot of headache here. So um, that to me was, you know, what, what I took from it. Um, and then obviously, I mean, we saw what came out, you know, with some of their ambassadors, et cetera, and some of the videos. Um, and then, then they ask you to put a 50 cent uh, disposable pan in your new $1,200 grill, which, really didn't have a good look to it either. Is it a double-edged sword having this much access to being able to everybody to, to put whatever they think out there on the internet? Or do you have to know as a company that you got to have all the ducks in a row and you you have to account for any type of potential slip up because it's going to get out there and inevitably the bad is always going to outheat the good. Yes, it always will. And, and, I, and I think it's just something it's the, it's the world we live in now. It's the nature that we live in. Um, for us, I mean, we, we do robust alpha and beta testing, not just, um, not, you know, not just to our employees, but to our ambassadors also sign confidentiality agreements. 
we like to get grills in real users' hands um, because that allows us to go ahead and try to weed out all these, any of these issues that we're going to have uh, before we actually launch it in production. And from hearing some, just some back channel story, I don't know that, that I think they kept all their testing internally, um, which, which to me, I think can be, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot better to get it out there, get it to the community um, and have them beat up on it so that you can really see what it looks like. Do you think from a concept with the flavorizer bars and the overall market of, hey, this is a good low and slow, but you're also going to be able to ramp it up and get a true grilling experience. Good in concept, or are there cookers out there holding Weber Smokefire aside that can actually do that? Because when I think of pellet cooker, I never think about, boy, am I going to get a great sear when I use this. I will go to my grill and use my grill. Right. No, I, I think the concept was, I think the concept was, was there. I think that's, I think you hit on exactly what they were going for. Um, just how you design to that without running into, you know, some of the risks that, that they, that they've had with the grease fires, et cetera. Um, it's, it's a tough thing. Believe me, all of us in the pellet business, if we could cook it 165 one day and it's 700 the next day and it'd be perfectly safe with no grease fires, we'd all designed our grills that way. You know what I mean? There's just, there's just some things that you have to, you have to do, um, you know, that, that compromises on that top end, on that top end heat a little bit. All right, uh, Chad Ward joining me here on the show. Chad, can I hold you over for the second segment? We'll talk a little bit more about tech and pellet cookers, and then some competition stuff. Greg, it would be a damn honor, friend. You're damn right, it would be. All right, stand by, Chad Ward, right here on the show. If you can believe it, he's made it back into the Barbecue Central Show jungle. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue before we get back with him. Established in 1882, Southside, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S., from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants. Southside sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats processed in the on-site USD inspected facility. A trusted partner with a focus on quality and, most importantly, authenticity. Wholesale options available shipping nationwide via the FedEx. Food service distribution channels as well like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand new from scratch. Private label opportunities also available. Visit SouthsideMarket.com for more information. While you're there, as you load up the shopping cart full of sausage slammers and beef sausage, jalapeno cheddar sausages, the list goes on, use the promo code BBQCENTRAL, all one word and lowercase, to get 10% off your entire order. That's promo code BBQCENTRAL when you're at SouthsideMarket.com. It's good for the first order and the 10th order and the 710th order. BBQ Central, 10% off. And we're back with Chad Ward right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. 
Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You visit CookinPellets.com for more information. You can purchase there, or if you prefer, Amazon.com. Open for business. You can buy them there as well. It's CookinPellets.com. And we're rejoined by Chad Ward from Whiskey Bent Barbecue, Traeger Grills. The list goes on. All right, Chad, so appreciate you hanging with me through the break there. When we talk about new products, so let's say uh, Traeger is in a meeting and you're talking about maybe uh, refacing a, a current line that you already have. Maybe you don't want to do something brand new, but you want to give a little bit of a refresh, or perhaps you want to add something brand new into the product line. Are some of the first questions that are taking place in regards to what kind of tech can we cram in this bitch? Um, yeah, I think that's a big one. I mean, for us, it always, the, the first question is always market reach and what the market is. But yeah, there, there, it, it seems like everybody's getting more and more, you know, want more and more tech in, in their, in their grills, um, in their life, if you will. Um, you know, I mean, for us, a, a big change was, you know, putting Wi-Fi all the way down to the pro series. Um, and we've had a lot of great results with that. And, um, We've got a new app that we've been working on that should launch uh, next week. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of it revolves around tech and what what can you do to, to get it in there. Is the easier part of grill making now making the actual hardware <laughs> piece and not the software? I mean, the software seems to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because you. So it's an endly you know, because I came from the software world, you know grilling is an industry that hasn't had any tech in the past. You don't go out and get, you know, some stack coder that's been writing, you know, barbecue apps for years. You know what I mean? So you're kind of developing it, You kind of have to take the software people, apply enough barbecue knowledge so that, that it can all kind of turn out right. If that makes any sense. Do you feel just you talking, you have the market pulse. Do you feel that the majority of folks that are buying these cookers that have the tech on them are actually using them or do you feel they want to have it on there, but in reality they're really not using it, but they know that it's on there in case they want to use. There's a bit of, Oh man, my neighbor's got that. I need it too. Um, for sure. But I would say we, we see, um, we see connected grills, growing each month um, as we can kind of go back and look at the metrics. So I, I think people are using it, but also seeing how many people, like when they come in my store and buy a grill and they're, Oh, I got to get this one. Cause it's got the Wi-Fi. I got to have the Wi-Fi. And then, you know, they'll come in six months later. And I'm like, the guy's like, man, I got to rush home. My pork butts on. I'm like, well, why don't you just look at it from the, look at it from the app. And he's like, Oh man, I still haven't hooked it up yet. And I'm like, all right, bud, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I often have the conversation with grill manufacturers. Well, let me ask you this. If you didn't put in any of the tech, if it was just um, not the, the rotary dial uh, thermostat, but if you had the incremental five degrees and that was as technical as you got, would it save a bunch of money or is it really not that big of a price difference to stick Wi-Fi and some other items in there versus not? Um, I mean, it, it's definitely when you look at the build of it, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's a substantial cost. Um, you know, when you look at the whole, whole, you know, manufacturing cost of the grill. 
So it, it is good to have on there. Um, I, I think one of the things that's nice about when you have a connected grill is all the updates you can do as far as, you know, if you do find something uh, that you want to do, if you want to, if you want to say, Hey, we're going to go out and we're going to, you know, up the max temperature on your grill. You can do all that through firmware, which is really, really nice. Um, also, it's great for, for customer service. You know, if somebody's saying, Hey, here's my issue with my grill, this and that, Hey, can you give us a serial number? And boom, we can pull it up. We can look at all the past cooks, see how the grill's been behaving. So it really helps a lot with diagnose, you know, diagnostics and that kind of thing too. All right, Chad Ward joining me here on the show from Traeger Grills, uh, obviously the Pitmaster Whiskey Bend Barbecue, owner of Whiskey Bend Barbecue Supply. Uh, let's transition a little bit into the competition side of the evening here, yeah. Chad. Uh, so what what does that scene mean to you at this point? Like, when was the last time you got down? Um, We went out, uh, me, Matt uh, from Meat Church and Chris Hatcher, and we cooked Houston Livestock Rodeo. That was the last one that I'd done. Um, Lakeland Pig Fest, which I try to do that one every year, uh, the last uh, weekend of January. So, um, uh, you know, competition to me right now, and you know, obviously before before the Rona, um, you know, my real focus was on doing everything with Traeger, my stores, my rubs, and then hey, if a comp came up and I could make it, and I was home, I would I would go cook it. Um, so I, I mean, I think once all this gets done, that'll be kind of the same the same attitude. I mean, you know. I, the, the trigger job is such a blessing. I get to do so much unique stuff and I get to teach and, and, you know, the stuff with the Dan Patrick show and, and man, you don't know that that's going to be forever. You know, hopefully competition barbecue will be around for a while. Um, you know, and I, and I love it. It's what got me my roots and I wouldn't be in the barbecue industry without competition barbecue. So I try to do everything I can to support it, but just for the time being for me, it's, it's definitely down low on the priority list. So I've tracked that downturn, that being competition barbecue, at least, in public interest slash popularity the past few years. The content of my show has obviously reflected that as well. Do you see it getting back to a place when Pitmasters was on and everybody seemed to be interested in jumping in? Or do you think that was a perfect storm of a bunch of different factors hitting all at the same time and that even if it starts to trend back up, you're not going to get to that level? I dude, so what I'm thinking is the the way we get it back on that level is we gotta have somebody kind of be the Joe Exotic of competition barbecue. Me. Me. You know? I'm gonna trick all of so, those hetero dudes into being maybe not hetero anymore. That's so weird. Dude, dude is straight uh yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I've i I have now watched that series twice, bro. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a sales um, guy, that guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But uh, getting back to, to kind of seriously answering it, you know, I, I really, I mean, you know, the one thing that, and maybe you can give me some ideas here, but like what happened, you know, like, I mean, I, mean, I know it was a, a, a targeted audience. So, I mean, you know, I don't know that, we, that ever had national appeal, but like, I mean, for, for a second there, it was so hot. There were so many different TV shows. Um, and then it, it just all dried up and pretty quickly. And, and I don't know what, what, what that's about because, you know, obviously we know that sitting around and filming a barbecue contest for 24 hours is like watching paint dry, Yeah, but there is some, some highlights to it. So I think that maybe was just never the mix. I'll be curious if somebody comes in with a vision of a show that could kind of amp it back up. Cause it, it needs some help. I mean, we're losing a lot of contests and I think people look at, you know, when you lose a contest, oh, we lost that contest. Well, we also lost to charity too, because all barbecue contests, the, the proceeds are going to charities. Um, so, you know, that's definitely got that, uh, 
that impact. You know, I, I think there was a couple different factors. I think that the TV show going off air and not having anything new was an issue. I think the initial attraction was that you saw a lot of people that looked like you. And that inspired you and me and whoever to say, well, I don't have to be a world-class athlete. I'm never going to be in shape like Herschel Walker or... Uh, Walter Payton or Emmett Smith or the, yeah. you know go down the line and have to be some world class athlete or in world class shape in order to be successful. You could take yourself, pay an entry fee, and stand right next to the best and compete and see where you come out. So I think there had a, there was a lot of cachet there, but at some point it it did, and and uh, I'm sure Sterling Ball will speak to this a little bit later on in the show. It it became very rich. You had to buy. Yeah. You, there was perhaps there was a perception all of a sudden that you had to have a toy hauler or you had to have a motorhome or you had to have this kind of a pit and these kind of meats and all of a sudden everybody was like, "Well, oh, I can't afford to do that. I'll do something else instead." Or they're mortgaging their house and doing whatever to keep up yeah. with the Jones, and then they end up crapping out and, and they got to go pack up and figure out a new way to make a living. And I think you know those are probably the two biggest factors that started the trend back. Plus, you can see it. I mean, you're seeing it in Florida. You see it over on the West Coast. You see it in the Midwest. There are just competitions falling off left and right. There's certainly not the same amount that are there to backfill. And how long are the new ones going to be there for? Is it a year or two? I mean, there's been plenty of very long-standing, high-tradition barbecue contests that have gone by the wayside over the past three and four years. Well, the the issue there, too, is, Greg, I mean, it usually takes with a barbecue contest usually takes until about year three to really, to really turn a profit. You know what I mean? You know, because you're, you're having so much, uh, you know, you're having to acquire so many things, this and that. So that's a, a, a truly a real concern. And I, I, I completely agree with you too on the, you know, it, it got really, really rich. You know, you had guys out there buying, you know, jambos and, you know, uh, uh, you know, 40, 50, $60,000 toy haulers, um, that kind of stuff. It, it, it did get very, uh, very pricey. And I think that pushed a lot of people away. You know, I still just love that concept of a, a 10 by 10 tent, a uh, couple of cookers, a uh, cooler full of meat and get after it. You know what I mean? There is talk amongst the Facebook groups and some of the other online folks that they would love to see it revert back to that. But do you think that you've just crossed a line where a lot of great talk, but it's really not going to happen? So, I mean, I, I think it could happen. So, I mean, I, I think the other thing you're seeing that's way different now than before was, um, you know, you had a couple hot and fast cooks when I first got into competition. Now you've got a ton of hot and fast yeah. cooks. I mean, when I, when I, when I cooked at Lakeland, uh, into January, I mean, my brisket was done in, you know, five and a half hours. Um, you know, so, so, so I, I think you could see with the adjusted turn in times, you could you could literally show up Friday night, set up, get out there Saturday morning, and uh, and, and and go after it, and be packed up and gone. You know, after awards. Do you think that the state competition stuff is going to be a long router, or is that going to be burning out here over the next couple of years? No pun intended. I know. I, I, I think the state game's here to stay. Um, love the concept. Once again, it's one day. You know, you can you can get there at eight o'clock in the morning, and depending on if it's close to your house, you can be having dinner with your family that night. Um, so it gives us all that we like as competition guys. We want to go cook something, we want to go compete, we want to go hang out with our barbecue family, 
And when you can do all that in one day, and I've seen a lot of the Florida barbecue, not a lot, several of the Florida barbecue guys that have kind of taken a step back on barbecue competitions, but they are now all in on the SCA competitions. You cut your teeth on FBA. Certainly you've done other sanctioning bodies, but where do you see the viability of an FBA here over the next two to five years? Uh, man, I would say well, there's, a, there's a couple contests keeping it together, um, but it, it, and it's such a shame. I mean, it has really, really dropped uh, significantly. There's a couple of contests that, if for whatever reason, if they were to turn KCBS, I mean, I think it could. I, I don't know that there'll be an FBA in five years, in my opinion. Um, probably here in the next two Maybe, but I, the next five years, I just don't don't know that it'll happen. I mean, you look at, you know, contests are less than half um, as far as count wise than you know when I when I started competition in the FBA. I mean, used to from here in Lakeland, Florida, I could go cook anywhere from twelve to fifteen contests a year without having to drive more than two hours. Yeah, and I think maybe now I could do that for four or six contests. Mm. So it's just crazy times. I mean, 10 years ago, was it 10 years ago? FBA cooks were easily comparable to the top KCBS cooks. I think there was a budding rivalry of uh, top FBA tier cooks thinking KCBS guys think that they're better than us. You come down here and we'll go and cook with you guys and we can win, but you never want to come down here and cook with us. It was a a nice budding rivalry there, some, some good internet scuttlebutt. But in the bottom line is there were some really kick-ass kicker, uh, kick-ass cooks coming out of Florida, not the least of which was the guy who kind of garnered all of us uh, online talents up, being Kevin Bevington from uh, Home Barbecue, who uh, was easily yeah. kicking everybody's ass for a five-year stretch, a five-year FBA team of the year. I think a couple of those of, of those five, he was also top 10 in KCBS at the same time. I mean, a, a prolific barbecue cook. Kevin Bevington was, uh, there was two guys that were super beneficial to me in my start in competition barbecue. The first one always will be, you know, Rub Bagby yeah, from Swamp sure. Boys. You know, yeah. you can't mention Florida barbecue without mentioning Rub Bagby's name. Um, and Kevin Bevington. And, um, you know, Kevin, great guy, hell of a cook. Um, and, and, and was just always very forthcoming with helping, you know. And, and one thing I learned about those two guys, and, and I kind of have, you, you know, taken it and applied it from them. Is, you know, if I would go to him and say, Hey man, I'm having a problem with brisket. Here's exactly what I did. Here's, here's where I think I messed it up. Boom. They, they would walk you to the answer, but just don't go over there and go, Hey man, how do I cook brisket? You know what I mean? Show that you put in your work, show that you put in your time, show that you're frustrated. And those two guys are going to do everything they can to help you out, you know? And, um, and I would agree too. It, it was fun. I mean, you know, when you had, you had rubbing Kevin and then you kind of had this next wave of cooks, that came in, you know, team unknown, uh, Jim Elser, Matt Barber, myself, um, you know, and, and we all kind of came in at the same time and, and we used to love, you know, going and flying to a Ronnie Cage contest. So we could take our FBA guys over there and, 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 uh, Dana Hillis, uh, big yeah. pop country kitchen. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we'd love to go into those Ronnie Cage events or WFC and, um, and seeing what we could do, you know, and stacking ourselves up against the KCBS guys and, and it was a lot of fun. Made a lot of good friends that way. Those were the golden years of competition barbecue. I don't know if we'll, you know, it's just funny to say, but I mean, I really think we've probably hit the pinnacle there. And uh, always great to, uh, you know, uh, for those that don't know, Chad, uh, easily probably top five, one of the top five moments on the show 
when he was recounting a <laughs> World Food Championship bid where he had ant- where he had put a Craigslist order in for a bear trapper. And Chad said here on the show that if the bear trapper would have come through, and who would have thought that a Craigslist bear trapper would not have come through? But if he would have come through, you would have cooked a bear running style, correct? Yes, bear running style for sure. With uh, was it I, a, a I, salmon in the mouth or something like that to really set it off? Yeah, yeah, because it was <laughs> it was the surf and turf category. You can pick whatever you wanted. So I was going to go running style with a salmon in the mouth. Yeah, one of the uh, top five stories all time on the Barbecue Central show. We're talking with Chad Ward. You can find him over at TraegerGrills.com, Whiskey Bent Barbecue Supply, and from time to time, Pit Mastering Whiskey Bent Barbecue's competition team. Chad, really appreciate the time getting caught up here tonight. Continued success. We'll do it again soon. Hey, Greg. So awesome, man. Have a great show, and uh, thanks so much for giving me the opportunity. Appreciate it, buddy. Good to catch up. You got it. There he is. That's Chad Ward right there on this show, the pitmaster of Whiskey Bent Barbecue, owner of Whiskey Bent Barbecue Supply. The list goes on. Great guy. Good insight there. Traeger talk, competition talk, old days talk. One of the best stories ever recounted on this show talk. Well, nobody's happy that we are battling with the coronavirus. The silver lining for your host is that I have had access to folks that I have just not had access to over the past couple of years. Their road warriors are out all the time. Their schedulers are competing with the live format of the show. You name it. So happy to have Chad back in. Hopefully it's not another couple years before we get him back. All right, we're going to wrap up the first hour when we come back. If you want to jump in, 216-220-0966. Or you can hit me up on the email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Throughout the grilling season, recipes and tips and tricks given to you by Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, Childs Cridlin. Of course, with mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients, Smithfield is providing you, quite simply, some of the finest pork money can buy, trusted by world championship pitmasters for use at their competitions and in their home. Email from Phil Luswick. Greg, as you can see, I just got my new fireboard. Thanks for the great content. Your sponsors should be extremely happy. I don't know how many products I've ordered because of the show, but it's a handful. Phil, man's game. You are going to love the fireboard. You know what you're mostly going to love about the fireboard? Well, first of all, if you got the base, immediately go back and order four more probes so you can load out or at least have access to if you ever need it. You can never have too many probes, Phil. This is what I'm telling you. That's number one. 
Number two, you are going to be so happy and perhaps surprised that this Fireboard is going to be so simple for you to hook up to the laptop, create the account, hook it up to your local area network. You can go Bluetooth if you want. I highly suggest against it. I think Bluetooth is whack. Hook it up to the local area. And you can just go wherever you want. You'd be in the grocery store, which I highly suggest against at the moment. But hypothetically speaking, you go to the grocery store, you stay six feet away from everybody at all times, don't touch a lot of stuff, you can monitor where your internal temperatures and pit temperatures are right from the app. The app is easy, straight up user-friendly. Phil, you're so lucky that you got the Fireboard. Now, immediately go fill out the rest of the probe ports. And I guess if you have a bullet-style smoker, you might want to consider the fan thing that they have, too. Why not? All right, we thank Chad Ward once again for coming on the show. TragerGrills.com is his business website where he works as the director of marketing. Whiskey Bent Barbecue Supply, Google that. They have online retailing. And they also have brick and mortar. They are currently open, so if you're in that area... And you want to run through it. Again, proper social distance, yes? Hands wiping, Purelling. Is Purell back in stock? I literally haven't been to the store in two weeks, so I don't know if toilet paper is still an issue, finding, and if uh, bread is still an issue, and a bunch of the other stuff that was hard to come by for some reason. I don't know why, but... All right, we are loading in the expert judges, believe it or not. As we get ready to head to the second hour, we will tell you who's going to make it to the American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition in April. Out of the four, three will be making their way one will be eliminated. We will have the first person eliminated on the show, top of the second hour as well, for instant feedback. Uh, if you want to jump in on the show this evening, you're more than welcome to do that. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Smoking Joe's Barbecue Pit and Instant Chat asks, do Peterbilt trucks have toilets in them yet? Or are truck drivers still tossing their lemonade out the window? Uh (laughs) Well, Joe, I think they stop at truck stops. From the factory with a factory sleeper on it, there is no bathroom option, no toilet option. Now, if you build the chassis and you send it to some secondary sleeper manufacturer... Like those really big-ass ones with the wood flooring and the disco balls and full kitchens and all that stuff. That's different. They might have a shower option and a toilet option. Who knows? But what I get you from the stock at the factory, there are no toilets. And for not having a toilet, you still have the op- or the uh, privilege of paying $165,000 for that truck. You're welcome. All right, we are loaded and ready to go to the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back.